Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, it's really, really simple. Either me, my guest, or all of us are experiencing something for the first time, usually a movie, and we're going to talk about it. If you clicked on this episode, you know what this one's about. It is a hot, hot topic online right now. Um, And today I am joined by two filmmakers who have a deep love for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Welcome back to the show, Michael Bergen and Jason Bollinger. Yo! Hey, Tad, thank you for having us. Well, yeah, when uh, this was finally here, like I've been anticipating this movie that we're going to talk about for quite a bit, but not as much as I imagine you guys have, but I knew who my guests had to be um, when I see that beautiful leather mask that beautiful makeup on on a, on a guy's you know cut off face and a chainsaw i think of two people and i was lucky <laughs> enough to call them friends and they're both um filmmakers who make their own horror films so uh i had to have you guys both on for this one and i'm i'm pretty excited to dig into it but i guess where i wanted to start and i'll start with you michael um I've always known that you were a big Texas Chainsaw fan. I remember one year you even had like a character done of you and the wife done with the the meat hook and everything, uh, which is very, very unique. Um, I guess I just would say, like, do you remember the first time you saw Texas Chainsaw or where did that fandom start for you? The, The intrigue about Texas Chainsaw started for me in the video stores you know as a very young child you'd see it on the shelf and and uh you know it was it was that uh that talked about taboo movie that uh young children should not should not watch and so i always wanted to see it uh, as a result of that and um when i did finally get to see it i think that uh it was the one movie that disturbed me to a point where I had to shut the movie off partway through and just let my brain really kind of embrace what was happening at the moment. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a movie that affected me um, uh, more than, than any other uh, really has. And so I think that's why I really admire uh, the franchise as much as I do. And how about you, Jason? Oh boy, as a youth, um, I, I'm trying to remember when I first saw it. I'm sure I just saw it alone in my room one night. Um, once you start liking horror movies, it's, you know, this, the original film and the series is, everybody just seems to know about it. It's, um, so it was definitely one you had to check off. Um, for me, I just, as, as everyone would tell you, I love the, the rawness of it like you feel like you're part of the movie when you watch it um it makes you sweat in that hot texas summer and um, it feels you know documentary style in a way the way it's shot and it just draws you in and it puts you right in there and um i don't know i just always gravitated to that big lumbering quiet guy. Oh, I don't see a similarity. <laughs> no, I, I, I do remember like I, I was sort of a, I was sort of late to this one. Um, I had seen a lot of horror movies, and um, the one thing I, I've spoken about on the show um, almost every episode, people are tired of hearing about it, but I always encourage the idea like 
don't lie about movies you haven't seen. I know we're in the film circle and it, it sometimes it's just out of uh it's almost like second nature, but it, sometimes it's just out of convenience because somebody's like, "Oh man, you know, have you seen this?" and you just go, "Yeah, it's been a while." And instead of just saying, "No, I haven't seen it." And I I think that was one that I was guilty of like basically saying I'd seen but it never had. I of course I've sure. seen trailers and seen Leatherface and that iconic image with him, the sunset in the background. Um and I've seen the video cover the infamous uh, poster with the meat, the girl in the meat hook and, you know, the, the big bold lettering, one of the most iconic horror posters of all time. But I remember like being over at a friend's house, we had a get together and everybody like we ordered pizza and it was maybe middle school. And uh, my friend, Joel Swanner, shout out to him. He's, uh, you know, someone who got into filmmaking after, after high school. And uh, he was like, we got to watch Texas Chainsaw. And I was, of course, like, oh, I've seen I've seen this a million times. But yeah, man, it's a classic. And then I remember we like rented it and put it in, of course, VHS. And it was like the, the you know, we were all talking about the lore and it was like, man, like this is, you know, based on a true story. And then it has that opening dialogue, you know, and it's really fucking freaky at the beginning. And, and there's never been like. I mean, Jason has the kick, kick, mama, and, and all that, but that, that, like, I don't even know what that sound is. I know it's like, what is it, like violin strings or, or piano strings or something? It's actually a tuning fork. Okay. So they hit a tuning fork, and then they, you know, as it's vibrating, they just kind of rub it against a, you know, a hard surface, and it gives you that, uh, that vibration noise. Yeah. That, I mean, that's completely unsettling with the flashes at the beginning showing the stuff, and it's like, I was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen this. And this is, like, probably not a fun party movie. Like, as soon as we started, I'm like, the, the girls that we were with are going to think we're total fucking weirdos. They're going to be gross out. Um, and, and this, much like Carpenter's Halloween, um, two, uh, for me, it's like the two masterful horror movies that I think of um, that you don't see the gore. It's all in your head, but... You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you see some some bones and melted, you know, that, that opening shot of the body up on the uh, up on the whatever the pedestal that it zooms out of like that's pretty that's about as nasty as this movie gets. But the implied violence and what you fill in with your mind has always in, in, in some mm-hmm. cases been uh, stronger than what we see on screen. But people always think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a gore fest and it's not at all. There's almost no blood in it, but. Um, that's a huge testament to Toby Hooper on making this thing. And, and like Jason said, he just feels hot and sticky because these actors were hot and sticky. Uh, they're working <laughs> and, and it feels like a documentary because they did not have money when they were making this. So, uh, you know, it's done on the dirty and, and cheap. And I mean, I don't know if it's a million happy accidents that came together, but, um, you know, yeah, that's the other, the other thing I really like about it uh, as a, yeah, been making movies forever that it was always the the little film that could you know and joe bob helped uh you know everyone get to see this movie but you know just the lore of it you know just the little cheap 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 independent film finding a way just from it from everything you know i've always liked that about it too yeah it definitely has the independent spirit um you know and and I just I, I just will never forget that sort of first like party viewing of it and I was like <laughs> oh shit and and then like flash forward speaking of this franchise I was in high school when the remake hit I was a junior and I can't recall a, a movie making like a bigger storm like 
I mean, and of course, me being the weird like horror kid in high school, it was like it's sort of like all of us around Halloween when like everybody's in the horror and we start getting messages from people we almost never talk to and they're like, "What should I watch? It's Halloween." And it's like, "This is a lifestyle, man." But everybody's like, "Right." Have you seen? Of course, everybody's like, "Have you seen the Texas Chainsaw?" I've heard it's it's based on a a real story, and I heard it's a true story, and I heard it's a remake of. A, I remember someone saying. Uh, it's a remake of old like black and white movie, right? And I'm like, no, like it was in the seven. I'm like, it was seventy four, and they're like, well, that was like when black and white movies were made, right? I'm like, it's not that long ago, guys. Uh, but I, I just remember like you know this franchise had this this huge resurgence, and then of course more eyes go back to the original, and I don't know if there's ever been like a franchise where the reboot remake comes out, you know, complete restart from it. And it's like, it, it going, looking back, it's like, you know, you can't outdo the creeping. It's like, you know, it's, it's just there. You can't replicate what happened on the, w- w- with that original with Toby Hooper. Like you can't, even if you had no budget and you were in the Texas sun and stuff, like you just cannot replicate the magic of that film. So you know, it sort of stuck in my mind. I just remember telling people like, no, you, you got to go check that out. It's it's a really cool movie. If you see the, the you know, remake, you got to go back and watch the original. Uh, and, and, you know, if nothing else, it just brought some new eyes on that. And uh, and, and like I said, go, looking back at it, it, it was just like this this phenom. And, and one of the few horror franchises I felt like the reboot really did sort of help revitalize things. You know, I mean we won't get into like the, the Rob zombie Halloween movies or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So as you know, you clicked on this episode, you know what we're in for, but we're going to talk about the new Texas chainsaw massacre from 2022. <laughs> So Harlow is a ghost town. We have a vision for this place. All it needs is young blood. I don't want to live here. This is a chance for people to start fresh somewhere. Somewhere safe. Hey guys, you should see this. What are you doing in our house? You really shouldn't be here. I'm afraid your old friend's back. Fifty years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. Who?
anything in your cancel, bro. Okay, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released February 18th, 2022 on Netflix. It's written by Fed Alvarez, who we might know from Don't Breathe and the Evil Dead reboot, um, Roto Segueres, and Chris Thomas Devlin, uh, directed by David Blue Garcia, with cinematography by Ricardo Diaz, and music by Colin Stetson. Um, this, I would say Colin, looking at the IMDb, has mm-hmm. the most experience out of everybody who worked on this. He did the That's scores for yeah, Hereditary, Color Out of Space, Arrival, um, and Bad Times at El Royale. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love the score on this, and, and I had to throw his name out there. Um, starring Sarah Yarkin as Melody, the uh, young entrepreneur. Elsie Fisher as Leela, the traumatized sister. We got Jacob Lattimore as Dante, the other young entrepreneur. Um, Nell Hudson as Ruth, the sacrificial future wife of Dante. Uh, Mo Dunford as Richter, the redneck mechanic. We got Olwyn Forer as Sally Harzay. And, and I probably pronounced her name wrong. Michael, I know you're a, you're a fan of Olwyn. How, how would you pronounce her last name? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not a There's big fan of her. in there. I'm a huge fan of Alice Krieger, though. Okay. Oh, amazing. yeah. And uh, she plays Sally, and then Mark Burnham is um, old old Leatherface. And uh, and and who is the one that you you said you're a fan of? Alice Krieger. And does she play the uh, the old lady in the uh, orphanage? Orphanage. Correct. Okay. So she was in Sleepwalkers. That's why I love her. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't recognize her from anything. I, I recognized um, Olwyn from uh, Mandy. She's Mandy. Yeah, yeah, plays Mandy and Mandy, and and she's in. I think the new. Uh, there's something new. As I, I just saw her in, but anyways, I guess right out of the gate, before we get into the story, I just sort of want to know. Um, I mean, this movie sort of has that malignant effect where I almost have to unfollow these horror groups on Facebook because (laughs) people are just going nuts over this. And I mean, maybe it's just the power of streaming, but out the gate, initial thoughts, like, dislike, in the middle. Michael, what did you think? I'm kind of in the middle. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, ultimately, the movie is entertaining. Um, I think that it's missing a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre elements, re- like required elements, that make it um, a really impactful TCM movie. But uh, it's the story is non-existent. It's uh, it's very bland story, and it's really just uh, let's see how many people we can kill and. 80 minutes to me. Okay. Jason. Holy fucking shit. I love this movie so much. I I, I knew you would love it. Oh, it's so goddamn good. It's incredible. (laughs) Everyone on the internet can fuck off. This movie's amazing. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. See, I... I'm sort of like, I'm sort of, I'm in the upper middle, I would say, because I I did enjoy the hell out of it. I had fun. It was a fun 80 minutes. um, And I, there was never a moment I was bored, which is always a good sign. Um, And again, I, 
am not the biggest Texas Chainsaw guy. I love Leatherface, love the original movie. I, I actually, and we'll get to the our rankings later, but I actually am a TCM2 fan more so. That's my favorite of the franchise. But I know that's sacrilege. But um, as someone who likes a little, you know, humor with the horror, that's my favorite. But this one, you know, it, it's a it's a very nice, compact Texas Chainsaw movie um, that works on its own it's it's you you can come into it without seeing the previous movies but you know don't always go back and at least watch the original um but i love the cinematography thought the score was great leatherface's look i really liked um which I, i think is controversial but i also wonder about you know seeing so much hate for it online where i'm like i i like it because I, I, all right, maybe I just li- like it more because so many people hate it that I'm like, it's not that bad, guys. Like, right, the, the, they're deep rooted. So yeah, so angry about it, and I'm like, yeah, guys, like, down. yeah, it's 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 just a Texas Chainsaw movie. I mean, there's much the worse movie. ones in the franchise. So, it's just um, a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. But again, we're here talking about it on a podcast, so I mean, that's what we're here to dig into it. So, um. Yeah, I I don't by by any means want you to think that I disliked this movie. I don't hate it whatsoever. Uh, I'm just I'm kind of neutral on it. I I had a lot of fun with it, but it wasn't uh, to me. It wasn't a fully engaging Texas Chainsaw movie. Well, you saw it. You rented out a theater to see this. Um, Hell yeah, you've got to. I'm not going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a small screen. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. I rented out the local theater and had them play it for me at like 10 o'clock at night. So I saw it on the big screen. And see, oh, okay. I, I I also wonder about that. Like I've I've talked about movies in the past that were like you know watching them in the theater. It can either make or break a, a movie for me. I saw. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D in theaters and the audience was so fucking awful that it it left me sour on the movie where other times I've watched a movie at home and I'm, I have more distractions. I'm less likely to pay attention. So that could ruin a movie, too. So it's not always like if I see it in theaters, I'm going to love it more, but it tends to lean that way. And I watched this one at home. I was really tempted. I, you know, I have keys to a theater, um, <laughs> but, you know, I was having some family in town. Yeah. And I was like. I watched it. I was going to go to a friend's house who has a nice big projector. We didn't end up doing that. So, uh, you know, I did end up watching it on a smaller screen in my house with, like I said, more distractions and stuff. But with this one, I felt like, and it's sort of like a test when I watch movies, it's like, do I check my phone? I don't, I don't think I checked my phone once during this movie, which is a great sign. And you know, if I can't go 80 minutes without checking my phone, I'm totally (laughs) fucked anyways. But, um, it punched it packed a punch you know in that 80 minutes um but i can agree with michael that there were there were times where i was like this feels like more of a stereotypical slasher than a texas chainsaw movie but uh i guess we can sort of we won't go beat by beat but we can sort of start off with go through the movie from the beginning to end and and uh you know go through it and and sort of uh if you have any beefs or what you liked about certain scenes, um, we'll talk about it, but it starts off the basic story. Um, there's this young entrepreneur named Melody and her friend Dante, um, are on a road trip with Melody's sister, Lisa and Dante's girlfriend, Ruth. Um, they're going to the abandoned town of Harlow, Texas to auction off, um, some old properties in hopes of creating a trendy gentrified town. 
so when they get there, they real they, they first they see this uh, Confederate flag. So they, in an attempt to take that down, realize that there is still an old lady named Jenny living in an old abandoned orphanage. Um, uh, of course, this is sort of where shit starts going bad for them because uh, they start questioning her why she's still there if she still has a lease to this house. And uh, there's a rather large man in the house that does not like how they're speaking to Jenny. So uh, right. She says, if I knew people were coming over, I'd go put my face on. And I just loved it. Oh, I love that line so much. A little wink. It was so great. Sorry. No, no. I I want you guys to cut in and uh, tell me like. uh, Yeah, I was a big son of a bitch standing up there blocking all the light out of that window. Holy crap. And did you guys know right away, like that has to be Leatherface? Well, of course. Yeah, pretty much. I was sort of like. Maybe I mean, this is like uh, a, a red herring, or like sure. they want you us gotta to be think. ready for that in in chainsaw movies, right? Especially the, after those, re, uh, you know the the remakes, you know. Yeah, the Platinum Dunes yeah, reboots. Those, uh, those you all know, red herrings. Yeah, right. It's sort of thinking, you know, they had like full families in those, and and even three um, D. But well, I was the gas like, station guy was a big guy. You know, you didn't know. You just didn't oh know. yeah yeah. And so I was sort of like, are they throwing us, you know, because we don't see him. We sort of see his silhouette. They do a good job of sort of putting him in shadows. Um, But I was like, this is almost too simple (laughs) to just be Leatherface. They get right to it. There's like no beating around the bush. It's like, what are you doing here? Oh, it's an orphanage and I take care of this boy. Um, But they make the fatal mistake of getting her very riled up and she has a heart attack um of course small town texas they don't have an ambulance to call so she rides in the back of the sheriff's truck and uh one thing my first nitpick i would say would be that ruth jumps in this truck with them uh to to go with the old lady i mean nice thing to do but yeah it's a nice thing to do it's a nice thing to do but you just like there's this big hulking motherfucker you just, you know, oh, just the boy. Ba- almost killed this lady. Um, they clearly don't like you. Uh, what are you going to do to, you know, what is your presence? How's it going to help? I don't know. Am I wrong in that? No, I think the common sense would uh, would suggest that uh, if she's got a support person there with her, um, there's no, it's not necessary for you to go to, to be of any help whatsoever. And that's why I sort of felt like she is the sacrificial lamb. I'm like, soon as she was getting in that car, I'm like, oh, I mean, we saw her in the trailer. That was like the like we didn't see much before this movie, but we did see Ruth in that van. Um, and, and, you know, I've been doing pretty good about not watching trailers, but this one was so like secretive until just like a few weeks ago, it felt like. I had to watch it, and uh, they they sort of gave away that Ruth is basically getting sacrificed. So at that point, I was like, okay, this guy that's getting in the back with her is Leatherface. Um, on their drive over, she has a heart attack and dies, and Leatherface is finally Leatherface. And with he, the one of the coolest kills I've ever seen in my life. He fucking snaps a guy's arm. Un- and uses it to stab him, right? Holy fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> I could Oh, it was awesome. It was so it, awesome. Like, everybody I was watching Real it with, spot. right when that happened, went, oh, you know, that broken bone. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. 
so again like we're we're into and i know every sequel since the original has been uh very gory and and bloody so you know it's not and it's unfair to compare they're not going to make a bloodless texas chainsaw movie now um and so i don't know it's almost unfair to just always compare it to the original or sequels but it's almost impossible not to as well it's 2022 right but uh this this after you know it, it actually and you know people are gonna throw stuff at me but um it reminded me of that scene in I think it's Rob Zombie's Halloween Two when they have Michael in the back of the cor- the coroner's van and they run into like a uh, a cow in the middle of the road and like they're all fucked up and Michael gets up and and kills the all the uh, ambulance driver in the corner and you know he's going after I think it's uh, Lori and I was like okay sort of has that vibe but. Uh, you know, I've watched Halloween two more than anyone should, but uh, Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween two, but uh, I love this scene where the oh, the uh, bus goes off the road and hits the tractor and the sunflower scene, and that's what they use this for the poster. Uh, clearly, Netflix loved it too because they used it in all the promo. Oh, what a beautiful setting with that dried up sunflower field. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was interesting that he pulls his own mom out and takes her face like do you guys think that's like a sign of endearment like or is that more of the ed gein coming through did he do that to his mom i know he was they've always played up that like mama's boy and i I don't think this is actually leatherface's mom but it was a mother figure to him that took care of him right yes that's right yeah so what do you guys think as far as like is there symbolism there where that he takes off his his I I just saw it as a sweet gesture like this is a way for him to like stay he's a child to his mom and his motherly figure uh with what he does with the body uh, you know making it a trophy like or you know setting it up and I saw that as a sweet thing uh, Yeah I I agree I think it know? was uh, kind of an honorable thing for him Yeah 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 It's like he's trying to yeah, preserve her her memory. Her. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're in yeah. Texas where they, you know, taxidermy and and right. keep what they uh, beautiful gesture. Both those things. With <laughs> it's sort of funny to think about. It was a beautiful gesture, but <laughs> but yes, but 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 he's absolutely right. It it it, yeah. it was like the ultimate way to idolize her and and to uh, to show his respect for her. You know, yeah. it, it as twisted as it is, that's <laughs> what he does. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, and and th- like I said, this whole scene is probably the most uh, visually stunning in the whole movie. Just that dried up uh, sunflower field, and she's like, in the, I-, I love how tense it is because oh, yeah. she's sitting in that van down. and she's like trying to sort of play dead while get out, and her door's stuck. Um, and she's got this what she thinks at the first is like a dead sheriff next to her. Turns out he's just suffering. Um, Resurrection number one in the movie. Yeah. And and she's looking in these mirrors to see where he is, which is super tense because we're like, we can't see either where he is, mm-hmm. but we know that he's big and pissed off. Um, I will say I was sort of surprised and, and we'll get into this later, but it just watching this like at the beginning, I'm like, you know, wondering how long is it going to take for him to get that chainsaw? And it took quite a while. Yeah. So he's a little more um, creative I would say in this one, like, and maybe that's something that's 
not as Texas Chainsaw in my mind. I was, I'm not saying he can only use, I mean, he's always been like a blunt force trauma and a, you know, chainsaw guy. Yeah. He made up for it on the bus, whatever you're thinking. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But I just felt like, you know, this was a different Leatherface that would, uh, you know, I can't, I can't remember him. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, miss forgetting, um, but like snapping bones and, and that and shattering windows and that kind of stuff. Making people dead fast. I mean, he had a hammer, you know, in the the first one. Right. But it was it was a super tense scene, and then we get our yeah. sort of first look at what our new Leatherface will look like. He's got sort of a a saggy woman face um, over his, and I, I don't. It almost feels like there's no, they're in a no win situation. Whoever gets to design the new the sure. new Leatherface, because no matter what, there's going to be right. you can't yeah. please everybody, and if if it's not the same as the original, people are always comparing it. But what did you guys think I mean, of the new look? I I guess I thought it made total sense in the story, you know, like it's what he had and it's, it's you know, he's not, it, I don't know. It made sense in context to me, regardless of what it looked like. Yeah. So leading up to the movie, you know, you had seen the, the leaked photos and, and uh, whatnot online. And uh, I immediately thought that the mask was uh, from like a, probably a, a very overweight man. And so when I found out it was Alice Krieger's face that he was putting on, I was just, I'm sitting in a theater like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> so wonderful. So, um, you know, it, it, if I'm ever cast in a, in a Texas Chainsaw movie, I mean, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate high I could get would be to, to get killed and to have Leatherface put my I face know. on. And, and, and to have Alice Krieger in your movie, and she's literally in it for like 10 minutes. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was a complete waste of, of casting her, but for God's sake, she's it, in the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's just it. If you're going to put her in there, make him put her face on, man. That was fantastic. And I like got all like nerdy about it when he's like cutting her face off and it's, you know, it's getting about mask time. And I'm like, well, how's he going to hold it on his face? And he was brilliant about the way he cut out the ear holes. It was, and, and yeah, it was fucking it was, awesome. I loved it. Well, that was a 2022 uh, uh, thing Fixed. as well, because you've yeah. got, you've got the, the straps going over your ears for these, all these damn masks. So ah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, it was wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. Good, awesome. Yeah, I th- I thought his look was really cool. Like I even thought it was cool before uh, we figured out, you know, just from the promotional pictures. Um, you know, I was like, obviously, you can't use the original mask because it's been no. almost fifty years since the original. And yeah, it's droopy and weird. And there's a, you know, the but that's what I like forehead. about it. But yeah, well, I do too. Yeah, totally. Like I, I, I'm an equal um, lover of all the leather face masks. They all have a charm to them to me. Like I love mm-hmm. part two, how it's like a patchwork. It's like yep. a quilt almost of, of faces. Obviously, yep. I think my favorite of all time is uh, the pretty woman mask from one. That just the rosy cheeks and the the, the yep. blue eyeshadow always freak me out. And the, the skin like being like paper thin and sort of almost crispy looking, mm-hmm. um, but. We're in 2022, and you gotta. He's, he sort of has a droopy thing, and he can. It looks like he can barely see out of the eyes because they're saggy, and yeah. it's sort of like unintentional. I mean, he's wearing an old woman's face, so it's gonna be old, older skin, and you know, actually be more yeah. like leathery. Um, but it's it's just like 
you know, he didn't he didn't take it back to his shop or den or something like the other movies and sew it together. He's out there in the field like a hunter. Practical. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, to me, yeah, it, it's almost unintentionally. I, I don't know if it's is intentional by a filmmaker. I'm sure everything was pretty intentional, but it's like we're, we're seeing an older leather face and he's got almost a droopy face to represent you know, that, that aging of him too. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And, and wearing this trophy and, and almost like he's getting revenge for her because he's like, you know, you took her from me now she's coming after you, you know, and, and in his like childlike mentality, um, you know, that beautiful shot holding it up to the sun too. Oh, really cool. It's gorgeous. All that stuff was really cool. Like, you know, I, I, I looked at the cinematographer and he does not have a lot of credits, but I think he's going to have a lot more after this. Yes, he is. Uh, Because like I said, that, that whole scene um, just whoever scouted that location, um, everything about it really, really cool uh, and creepy. And of course she finally meets her end, um, but not before she gets on the police radio and uh, on the CB and she's, she's, quietly trying to call for help to anybody who will listen um and and this gas station attendant hears her and he knows exactly who to call and this is where we enter in sally um he so, calls let me, let me interrupt you before so we get ahead. into that yeah before we get into that are we going to mention the the nostalgia easter egg which one was scene? that uh how the woman who's on the cb is uh calling for help but she's wearing pam's bracelet I didn't rec- I didn't realize that. Ah, There's there lots of Easter eggs I probably didn't catch because that's why I have you guys on here. So, so Jason, did you notice that? No, totally didn't. Ah. So who was wearing what bracelet? The the blonde uh Ruth? who couldn't get out of the Yeah, is that her name? Yeah. She was disposable. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she she had uh she had the same bracelet on that Pam was wearing, I do believe. Okay, cool. I, I did catch a few, but there were more obvious ones that will, will come up later. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he uh, hears her on the radio and he knows who to call. And we have our sort of reintroduction to Sally, um, who I guess is she like a deputy or is she a sheriff now? Texas Ranger. Texas, Texas Ranger. What a badass. Burn Walker. That's right. And. Me and Michael talked about this a bit online. When I saw the first trailer, I thought, oh, man, they're really trying to cash in on this um, requel Halloween 2018 thing. Um, Not at all. I would say Sally's underused in this movie. Um, Almost. But impactful, I thought. Impactful, but. The she had was used well. Yeah, but man, like, I I don't know. You have an 80-minute movie, you know, give us a 90-minute movie with a little more Sally, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I agree. But, you know, they they call her up, and so Sally's on her way. And if you're – this is probably the one thing, if you have not seen the original and you're watching this reboot, you might be a little confused by this. But uh, even then, they do a good job of catching you up without going – into origin story you know she has the picture of the group um in her truck on the uh what is it the visor as people always keep their most important things in horror movies up on the visor but uh it's true we we find out that she's been sort of obsessed with leatherface because you know she got away but you know they they haven't found him since then and she's let it stew that she let him while while she's the one that got away she let him get away too 
and she's and she's sort of been stewing over this the last like 45 years or so um that you know he took out all of her friends she was the one that lived but he's still out there somewhere and she's been trying to hunt him down um i would have like just seen a little bit more of like what she's been up to the last couple of years i mean it's obvious she's been through some shit and uh it had to recast her because the original actress died i had a few people um, who are not big horror people ask me, you know, oh, because t- they saw, you know, they know what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is to Lori, and they're like, so did they mm-hmm. bring back the original actress? I'm like, unfortunately, I think she died in like 2014? A couple years, yeah. 17, yep. maybe, something? Marilyn Burns. Yeah, I, so. I got to see her a few years before that, and she wasn't mobile enough to do yeah. it anyway, I don't think, really. Yeah. And I, I thought Olwyn did great. And, and when they do that kind of like transition shot, I'm like, oh yeah, she does look a lot like her too. Yeah, she did. I agree. But I was like, but I was like, good for you. I mean, the whole time I was thinking, good for you, Sally. Um, I I would have just went crazy and killed myself. Like if I if my, if you know I watched all my friends die and made it away in the back of a truck while that chainsaw dude was dancing in the street, I would have just went crazy. I don't know. Not so knowing good, where he is and if he's coming good for, for her and... for like getting her life around and doing something with it. I wouldn't have been able to make it. I don't think so. That's all I could think about. Yeah, they sort of insinuate like with the newspaper clippings and stuff at the gas station that, you know, she's sort of been looking for him. And like I said, I would have just liked a little bit more of that story. And, and uh, of course, if they would have done that story, then I would have probably complained about how they didn't do it Wish right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was it was uh, a nice little compact story. But in the meantime, this big bust of bust of young um, sort of hipster investors show up to Harlow. Um, and, and there's this other side plot with this uh, the, just like one left resident, this mechanic who's still uh living in harlow he has a a garage there and i was like does he did he just like somehow not get his property repossessed by the bank and and those had to put up with this guy well wasn't he he was like the realtor or the contractor okay yeah yeah but was i the only one that thought that was he was a huge missed opportunity to make him part of the family i assumed that was going to happen like soon as like yeah, I mean that's what we're sort of conditioned to in these movies is like don't trust anybody. And that's, that's why still I was there. so happy that none of the family shit happened in this movie. It was so it made me so happy. I don't know. I did not. I'm just. It was a nice break from this family of red herring family. But the saw is family, buddy. Sure. Still the last guy standing, big old Bubba. Yeah. And what was his name in this? Ted or something? No, that was in uh, 3D. What was it? Did they Richter. ever? Richter. Richter. And I, don't know, I think that's all they called him was Richter. Yeah. And, and this isn't the first time, but it was almost jarring, and I'm jumping around, but when he actually gets called Leatherface, I was like, oh, sort of like saying zombie in a zombie movie. You know, it's like, right. we've always called him that. That's our name for him. Um, And so when they say it on screen, it's always sort of like, Oh, but it, it would make sense. The media would have this by then, yeah. portrayal yeah. of him. They had a sketch of him. It's like, you know, this is what he would look like from um, Sally's memory, telling them what he looked like. So it's like, oh, he wears people's faces. Yeah, the media would, they always have to come up with some stupid fucking name. They would be like Leatherface. <laughs> They'd probably come up with something much worse, to be right, honest. Right. Leatherface <laughs> is too cool. But uh, this bus 
which if you watch the trailer, you know, these guys are going down, but they show up. Um, and meanwhile, they're going through all this drama. Um, the the uh, mechanic takes the keys to their bus because he finds out that uh, the old woman died and he wants them to prove that they now own this orphanage. Um, so they're stupidly go back in the building. I'm like, you're going to fucking get it. Just stay out of that building and you're okay. Just the lesson learned in this franchise is just stay out of stay out of Leatherface's yard and you'll be okay, right? I mean, don't kill his his family and stay out of his yard. He's like, old, especially now, he's like, old man, you know, get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> but they go back in and start digging through all this shit, trying to find uh, this deed to the house. Um, and then they sort of realize, like, oh, she actually owned it and we should not have barged in. So... Um, almost a little bit like a, a sim- sympathetic story to Leatherface where it's like, you know, yeah. if you wouldn't have come to his town and barged into his house and been wrong about all this, you could have lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just minded his own business once again, protecting what was his. Usually, yep. And so do yeah. you guys think he's been, this is like his first kill since 74 or that he just has somehow gotten by without uh, getting caught. Jason. I, I really loved uh, that they early on, like her last words to him was stay out of my room. And you're like, Oh, what's that about? And then, uh, so the way that that unfolds, it makes it feel like she's just been taking care of him and he's just uh, been not doing killing. He's like content. Yeah. I, yeah. It, yeah. I, it, there's no evidence that he has been since the chainsaw was all oh, yeah. up. And yeah. she uh, seemed to have a calming effect to him. And, and you know, was so I, I don't think so. Yeah. To piggyback off what Jason said, I think that, uh, you know, the her last dying words to him were, again, stay out of my room. And at first I'm like, well, what right. in the hell is that? What uh-huh. What is that? There's going to be something crazy that happens uh she doesn't want him to find out but ultimately i think she's just trying to say to him don't, don't go into my room because that's because that's where the chainsaw's at it's like she's hiding it from him so that he stay so he's you know behaving well and so she knows that this is going to set him off and she's trying to tell him stay strong don't don't misbehave yep. Yep. and you know what what happens you know he just can't stand it he has to go into her room <laughs> Well, see, like, I, I watched this once, and I can't wait to watch it again. But, like, you know, even the first pass, like, I'm an idiot. I missed, I, 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 her, I remember her saying that to him, but I didn't put two and two together later when he, you know, breaks down the wall and pulls the chainsaw out. Like, oh, that does make sense. I'm glad I have you guys on here to explain uh, the most simple Texas Chainsaw movie to me. Well, and I, was it just me or was it, did anybody else think it was stupid that it was, like, buried in the wall? Like, what she put like? it under the bed or something. I mean, <laughs> come on, you're gonna bury this thing in the wall? I was. I it, don't know. I just no. I, I I was sort of like, how did it get in there? Did she like? I mean, obviously there were more kids around. Maybe. I mean, we see that you know, and and if she's hiding it from him, how, yeah, how would he know it's in the wall? I, I don't know. It just it seemed weird to me. Yeah, and interesting but uh this is where like dante goes back into the orphanage and they're looking for it and he gets hit with a cleaver um 
which I thought was really cool. Like we see uh, Leatherface get him, but we assume he's he's fucking gone. And then well, later when that, we that see that whole scene, that whole scene uh, in the kitchen is is like the first that that swinging door is like the the first door uh, from the first one, the yeah. sliding door, you know, yeah. like. And I think it was just beautifully shot because you know oh, you only awesome. get to see a little bit when the door opens up. They don't show you much, and then all of a sudden he comes flapping back out into the room, and oh man, I just love the way that was shot. Yeah, Stay the up. reflection in the pot was yeah. just oh, eerie as hell. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sees him last oh, yes. minute and, and fucking eats it. And then, I yeah, mean, it, Jason's right, that door swings open and you see the, the blow coming, whack, and then it's, you know, the door shuts again and you don't really know what the hell else is going on, but you hear yeah. it. We don't even see the damage was, of it for quite a while, and yeah. Yeah, Oof. it was a very effective kill. Uh, that was reminiscent of uh, previous uh, earlier Chainsaw movies, I did think. Yeah, I thought, you know, it was going to be like, okay, we, we sort of, not quite off screen, but it didn't show the aftermath. And I'm like, okay, he's he's toast and we won't see him again. And then um, a thunderstorm rolls in uh, while yes, they're out there sort of having their picnic. And I'm like, all right, it can't be Texas Chainsaw until we got like a nice wet, like you know, rainy, dark. And I, I will say like that shot was really cool too. Like the, the thunder, like the clouds rolling in over the Texas plains and uh, the lightning striking, it got mm-hmm. like nighttime really fast, like within minutes. But um, you know, I, I know that I, I've only been to Texas once. I imagine, you know, it doesn't rain a lot there, but when it does, it's probably like Florida where, you know, it can go from day to night, then back to day really quick. But mm-hmm. uh this thunderstorm rolls in and that's when, you know, it's almost like a, an omen, like, okay, now shit's going to get really bad for everybody. Cause from watching the trailer, we all know it's bad news when they all start running up on the bus. We're like, okay, you're just setting yourself up pigs for slaughter. Um, but Richter, the mechanic discovers oh. uh, Dante out in the street, like stumbling away. And he's sort of yelling at him like, you know, don't walk away from me while I'm talking to you. He turns around and that fucking face. Jeez. Holy shit. Yeah. Dante was resurrection number two, by the way, in the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely, uh, I, we thought he was a goner and it's like, he probably would have been better off dead because he's, he's like sliced through his cheek and his jaws hanging down and, uh, some great practical effects in this movie. Uh, totally gnarly. Uh, and he can't really talk. He can't warn them like what's going on, but we know that he came out of that house. And so, um, Richter goes in to sort of check out the scene. He's got a gun. Meanwhile, the, uh, the young girl, I forget her name, but it doesn't matter. Melody is, uh, hiding under the bed. And I believe is this before or after I can't remember in the sequence when Leatherface he gets real pissed and comes in and breaks through the wall and pulls out his chainsaw. This is before. Okay. So she's like hiding all around the house. She's hiding in, in a closet at first and he somehow misses her. Then she rolls under the bed and is hiding. Uh, there's a, there's a moment where like Richter's coming through the door with a gun. She knows that Leatherface is hiding behind a door. So she tilts this mirror so he can see him, but there's not much you can do when that guy is that big. Uh, so they yeah, have he gets, a, he gets some hits in man yeah he, he does a good fight up he at least he puts up a good fight compared to everybody else uh, there's a little bit of glass in the window and yeah and uh he gets taken out by leatherface so 
She's and still like, stuck in the there. The second most brutal thing I've ever seen in my life when he's laying on the floor, and we're not expecting it. Oh, Jesus he Christ. He's over, and we're like, okay, he's about done. He's doing this last good thing to try to help. And then wham! Oh, it's yeah. so violent. Oh, and then wham, God. wham, wham again. Yeah, like. Oh, fuck. Pul- so pulverizes brutal. his head into like ground beef. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And what yeah. I love about it is like this, that like marks, I think like all the dudes are gone. Like, you know, the stereotypical guys are going to save the girls in the movies. And I'm like, oh no. Like it's like all the, the masculine dudes are gone now. I love it. And yeah, man, he gets it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, I guess at this point is when like Leatherface gets his chainsaw out of the wall, I believe. Um, yep, which yep. was a big sort of, uh, you know, it, it, like Michael said, but I think they had to have some kind of like, it's almost like um, Excalibur getting a sword or, you know, something. It, ha- it has to be symbolic. Like, if there's anything more symbolic than the ma- like the face, wearing a face, is that the chainsaw itself is in the title, you know? So mm-hmm. he breaks through the wall and pulls out a trusty old chainsaw. Um, the chainsaw. The chainsaw. And, you know, you got to spend your belief because this thing, you know, has been sitting in there since 73 and is somehow will still work. Um, Texas gas is better than normal gas. So they don't make them like they used to. Right. That's, um, that's right. But uh, yeah. Well, I don't think that it necessarily worked right at the beginning. That's he was true. Uh, it really didn't. He, he, it wouldn't start. And then as she's trying to sneak out after that, I think you can hear him in his room. And it, it sounds yeah. like he's working on it. Like, like there's a sound of a ratchet and, uh, yep, you know, and just when she sneaks out and tries to jump down the stairs. And... Right. In this old crickety house, it's like super oh, tense. Cause the you loudest know, house ever. yeah. My house is sort of like except uh, when Leatherface is sneaking up on you, right? Yeah, <laughs> my my house is very creaky, so it's like I I have that comfort. Like if anybody were to come in my house, I I feel like I'd wake up. <laughs> Not quite as uh, rickety as as this orphanage, but uh, uh, this I guess leads into the big scene that we've uh, sort of danced around and was in the trailer. I, I w- is this the first real ma- like true chainsaw massacre in the Texas chainsaw massacre franchise? The oh, there's scene? still more stuff before the bus. Okay. Like, well, like what? Well, when she sneaks off, he wings the hammer at her and knocks her down into the basement. Oh yeah. And then there's like reverse jaws, uh, you know, like chainsaw through the floor coming at her. I thought that shit was awesome. Even though when they get to the big beams, I'm like, that's either the char- sharpest chainsaw in the universe, right. but man, it went through that like butter, but it was still a fucking awesome scene of her getting chased in the basement. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that, about that. The and floors. then the, the, the pipe. Yeah. That she cuts through. Oh, and the then shit, all shit falls on her head. Like Tina said, I'd rather have shit all over me and not have a chainsaw in me than, than yeah, the alternative. So it was gross as hell and she gets out and then they get to the bus. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That whole scene, like the, oh. th- when he throws the hammer, at her uh that was really like that one got a reaction out of everybody i was watching it with like they everybody was like nobody expected that no uh uh-uh. like you know he he as long as you keep a distance from leatherface you're okay he's not you know not in this movie not in this uh-uh. movie he's no. gotten way more inventive and agile and yeah, yeah awesome in his age uh yeah i forgot about that he is like on the steps throws the hammer yep. and she falls through okay yeah and that's how she ends up in the basement and he's sawing through the floor 
but yeah, this leads to, and is this, like I said earlier, is this, and, and you guys will know better than I do, but is this the, the like actual real first Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the franchise where he's got like a group of people to saw through? Um, if you take out, uh, there's, there's a scene in, uh, in part two, um, that was, uh, that was cut from the movie, uh, where he takes out a, a big group of, uh, Texas OU fans that are swarming around the, uh, last roundup rolling grill. Um, but it, uh, it made the cutting room floor. Um, you can find it, uh, on, uh, online probably, but, uh. Yeah, I, I would say this is probably the first one that uh, that made the the cut of all the movies. So yeah, oh, yeah it's more than just a one or two people. Yeah, he he traps them on this bus, and I'm like, you know, this this bus has been just set up like bringing them all on one bus was a big setup to get him on this sort of party bus trapped in the back, which is like the most terrifying thing of all time. Oh. Uh, and, and our two leads, they, they hide, get managed to hide themselves in the bathroom and use like a hatch to get out, but, um, not without, you know, going through some, but, uh, he, he boards this bus and the scene that sort of has people either loving or hating, mostly people hating on is, uh, he, he jumps on this bus and the, everybody brings out their smartphones and they start live streaming him because they assume he's just like some dude in a costume. And then, uh, one of them, I think he says, you know, come come any closer and you'll be canceled bro Uh uh-huh love or hate it guys that's what would happen it's it's absolutely what would happen today it is a uh obviously a statement on our society right now yes um you know and yeah it is i saw some people that are like you know leatherface canceled cancel culture all this stuff i'm like i don't even see it as a political statement it's just saying like as a society we are are so dumb that our first thing to do is pull out our phones uh, you know, especially and, that group. Yes, that group of people who are looking Hipster. to. Yeah, exactly. Marty's. Yeah. I have so many other issues with uh, the writing in this movie that the the canceled line is far from uh, oh. being the the pinnacle of the problem. So, I mean, we had the you know uh, do your thing, cause and and three D. Oh, so you know, the best line of that movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped up and feared in the theater. Um, the no, but uh, he 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 definitely. This is a fun one. He he just you know putting oh, trapping people on a bus with Leatherface. Um, it, yeah, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, there's a point where he lifts the guy up to the ceiling of the bus with his chainsaw. Yeah. He's cutting him. I mean, this is just all out fun. This is you know what I I think we've always wanted. And I'm not saying like <laughs> this is the pinnacle of the franchise or anything, but like. We finally yeah. just get him sawing through a group of people with the chainsaw. It's simple, it's bloody, it's gross, and I love it. You're like, what would happen with a chainsaw and a bunch of people? Yeah. And so I know like, we haven't really talked about it yet, but I I really enjoyed Lila's uh, subplot of the school massacre and her overcoming that and that whole storyline. I wondered I uh, what you. Great. I'm sort of indifferent to it because uh, in a movie that's really really simple, an 80 minute movie, it, to me it's like if you're going to add this subplot of, you know, the traumatized sister, which we've seen a million times, um, not saying that's a bad thing, but it's, it's nothing new, but in, in this 2022, you know, to finding 
a kid who's gone through a school shooting is uh, unfortunately um, not that uncommon and very believable. Um, but to me, it's like if you're going to bring in this subplot of trauma, either add a little to it or don't have it at all. And it's almost like, you know, we get these glimpses and she has some flashbacks. Yeah, I thought um, it was referenced quite a bit. And it was, and it was where she's coming know, from and yeah, where she's going. And, and, and they use it several times when she's dealing with Richter and his obvious love for guns in Texas. Um, Happens on the bus here too, you know, the yeah. get up. Yep, she she's laying on the ground and, and sort of freeze freezes because she's having some uh, PTSD from obviously <laughs> she would right from a horrible <laughs> moment and I don't know Michael what do you think of that subplot? Yeah, didn't it didn't bother me either way. I, I really uh, didn't think much about it honestly. I just thought it was a little bit of extra here and there. You know, she'd gotten shot. She had some problems, but give her some some motivation i don't know i mean they they made her out at first to be sort of like the helpless sister who couldn't take care of herself because she went through something mm -hmm. and you know her character grew throughout the movie to the point where she was independent yeah. um so it's good you know has some character and i growth. think with, a lot of that's from her acting too i thought she did a great job to really sell that you know because it could have easily have come off cheesy too but um just the way she acted that storyline and that stuff i I thought that really helped sell it even more. I sort of like that uh, we're in 2022, so it's a little different, but it's like it wasn't a bunch of like CW model looking people and starring as the leads. Uh, yeah. You know, these two lead girls, uh, like I'm not saying like they aren't obviously more attractive than the normal everyday person, but uh, it just made it a little more believable, you know, that it's like, and it's not we they didn't cast any like huge name stars in the roles or yep. something you know I loved that too yeah, yeah. so I, I like that that part and uh, I actually had a had someone message me that was sort of like you know it, it felt real because of that and I thought that was interesting someone who's not a big you know someone who's gonna dig deep into horror movies they just happen and that's what's interesting about this one is like when you have a horror movie and we saw it with Malignant too is that when a Big horror movie hits a streaming service that almost everybody has. This hit Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people are really sort of upset that it went straight to Netflix instead of theaters. But you know how many more eyes are going to see this that would not right. never pay to go to a theater to see it. But, oh, yeah. you know, so I think the the sample group of people who see it is so big that, you know, obviously more people are going to not like it because more people are in general right. are seeing it. Um that wouldn't have normally right. been interested, but for a chance to hate on something. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's sort of cool, like, you know, yeah. it's very 2022 to have a streaming uh, Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah. I don't think Leatherface, the prequel that came out 17-something, I don't think it did a theatrical run. It was, uh, no. like, straight to video. So, um, you know, obviously I would love to see this get a big theatrical release and do well and, you know, have the franchise flourish and come back. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we'll get back to uh, the story because there's not much left after this, but that's the sort blood of bloodbath ensues. Yeah. The bloodbath ensues Woo, the, the two baby. girls after putting up a fight with Leatherface, and she uses that chainsaw corkscrew on the arm. Uh, it would come back. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was like, Oh, she's got a, at the beginning buying that corkscrew. I'm like, Oh, that's going in Leatherface somehow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> They get out of there, and this is, I think, where we finally 
meets like Sally finally comes back. She she pulls up like right as they're getting out of the top of the bus, yells at them to get in the cop car. And right away, I'm like, do not never has anyone ever learned don't ever get in the back seat of a cop car. <laughs> right. It was dark and rainy. I didn't even know it was a cop. Car I mean, if you're me. running from, you know, Leatherface, you're not going to think about it. You just want shelter from anyway, yeah. that yeah. guy. But I'm like, I've watched too many horror movies to get in the backseat of a cop car ever. Never, ever do that. Um, and, and this, to me, is one of the most interesting scenes. Um, you know, Sally puts them in the backseat, gets out, and they're like, what are you doing? Drive away. And she's like, I'm not letting him get away this time. And she confronts him, and she's like, remember me? Oh, yeah. Remember this? And Leatherface is like, who the fuck are you? Huh? Like, he has no fucking idea. And I thought that was very interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, the last time you saw her, she was in her early 20s. Yeah. So somebody ages. I mean, I, I walk across, the, you know, I'll be walking around town and somebody will say, hey, Mike, and I'll look at him like, I don't know who the hell you are. And it turns out I graduated with him, you know, um, I, I'd, I'd have no recollection of, you know, what you look like anymore because it's you so completely different. Yeah, I just I, I, I sort of liked it. It felt like uh you know, and I, once again, I don't want to compare it to like Halloween 2018, but it was sort of like, you know, when they, when they retconned all the sequels to Halloween, it was like, Michael's no longer chasing Lori, like, and, and she's had it in her mind that he's been after her this whole time when really, you know, he hasn't, he's just purely and simply evil where it's like the same sort of thing with this, um, where Sally's built it up this whole time. Like, you know, I've been, I, she's been, you know, had this guy in her mind, her entire life. He's changed her entire life. She's molded everything around getting back to Leatherface, tracking him down and ending him. And he's like, who are you by the way? You know? And yeah. When, when Sally said that, you know, you don't even remember me. I saw it to me. Yes. It was incredible. It was powerful. It was super interesting. I saw it as like a, uh, like a, statement on like a woman's being a victim to a man and the trauma that she has to deal with her whole life versus him versus the the perpetrator you know like i i felt all that in that moment it was like just the heaviness of her having had that on her the her whole life and it didn't mean anything to him and i was like oh yeah it's pain it was and, I, and that's why I was saying I sort of wish we had a little bit more of that, like of Sally at the beginning to make that a little heavier, like to see maybe more so how this has affected her life over the years. But it still hit pretty hard for me um, and, and how quickly he just is like, not only do I not know you, but fuck you, you're dead. Like, you're not a threat to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't like it was very different from Laurie Strode who always puts up a fight against Michael. Um, you know, she goes right at Leatherface and he's just like, you're trash. He literally throws her in the trash, <laughs> like into a big pile of trash on the side of the road. Like you're nothing. You're, you're whoever you are, get out of my way. I'm trying to kill these teenagers. Uh, and so we think, I think at this point we think she's dead. Another resurrection, right, Michael? Resurrection number three. All right. Oh, man, she gets lifted up. Yeah, I thought she was shot, man. Yeah, I thought she was a goner for sure. I was like, damn, because I was sort of waiting for this big showdown that, you know, and they don't show a whole lot of Sally. And then when she does show up, it's over so quick. And it's like, holy shit. 
So, I mean, let's go back to the, the scene where she confronts him in his room because, you know, that he, he walks out of the room without even addressing her and she's just left in the room by herself. So did he really not remember anything about her? Or do you think that he, he literally had, you know, his memory jarred by her a little bit and, and just out of um, mm. respect that she got away, he's not going to, he's not going to mess with her now because mm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, when you, when you think about why he attacks all these people, there's people coming into his house and, and, and being a threat to his, his family and his livelihood. But here's this woman, she's got a gun on him in his own room and he just gets up and walks away. Yeah. Well, maybe he did. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I really don't know, but, uh, Again, that's why I have you guys on here, because, uh, you know, I, I just—it's cool that they didn't say, I guess, too, you know, just right. Like, Leave us wondering. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and so that's uh, you know, I, I think, I think initially he, he was like, "What the hell? Who the hell are you? Why are you in my room? I have no idea who you're talking about, what you're talking about." And then I think it may have jarred his mind a little bit, and. Uh, you know, just out of respect for the one that got away. He's just like, all right, you got away once. I'm going to leave you alone. Sure. It could be, yeah, yeah, because it was pretty weird that he just like, you know, we're just so used to our our killers and slashers not really even having a human element. Like, if something's in front of them, they are conditioned to just make sure that thing is not in front of them anymore. And with him, it's with a chainsaw. So it adds a little depth to him. And he's always had a little, like, especially in the sequels, a little more depth to him. I mean, they make it, like, you know, more like he's... They've played it throughout the franchise is that he's, you know, very childish, um, has a childlike mind, um, sometimes innocent. You know, he doesn't realize the uh, heaviness of what he's doing. And uh, he feels a little more, you know... I guess it shows some restraint here. It's like... Mm-hmm. Or I thought maybe she reminded him of his uh, caretaker or something. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe it was the uh, the end of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, where <laughs> yeah, uh, right, <laughs> she's wearing the sweater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe that maybe that is you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort of leads to the Leela versus Leatherface showdown in the abandoned theater. She has the gun now. Um, she's going after Leatherface, who runs into this abandoned theater. I was hoping a little bit more um, theater action. Throwing from... the chainsaw at the truck coming at him. Oh yeah, yeah. Nimble that big fella. Yeah, he's he's That's got awesome. some yeah brute strength and good aim. But uh, I loved how they had him, you know, limping. You know, it shows uh, yeah, respect yeah. to the original where he where he cut his leg. You know. Yeah. That's it's true. a lifelong injury that uh, he hasn't uh, recovered from, and so now he's, you know, as he's running, he's he's also limping. Love that. So, how old yep. do you guys think he was in in seventy three when this was uh, just the originals went down? Because you know we're almost fifty years later. How old are we looking at Leatherface right now? I I would well, fifty just makes years. You wonder, I, yeah, he's got to be in his seventies. Okay. Yeah. That's why I was like, was he? I mean, we don't really. We never really was he. Yeah. Yeah, we never really get much out of Toby Hooper's, and this is, you know, we we don't take any of the sequels into account, obviously, for this one. So we have to assume he's at he was, you know, very young in the original, um, twenty, maybe even eighteen, younger. I don't know. Um, 
I, I might piggyback off that and say there was nothing about Leatherface that I necessarily saw that would suggest he was, you know, an old man in this, other than the fact that, you know, uh, leading up to it, they said, you know, Leatherface, it's old man Leatherface. And, uh, you know, it's 50 years later. Um, he he still moved and to me looked like somebody who was nowhere close to being 50 years old, if not 70. Um, so I, I guess I, I wish they would have done more to give him a older man look or, or mannerisms or, and I'm not talking, you know, he, he needs to have a walker with him while he's doing this or something, <laughs> but, um, it, there was just nothing. I thought there I was gray didn't... in his beard, uh, in the van and stuff. Yeah. But Still, there's, there's gray in Tad's beard. Yep. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I know it's Texas Chainsaw, but it, yeah, I, I felt like, you know, I, I hope I can get around that well in my seventies. Uh, I, I won't even be able to start a chainsaw when I'm like 50 probably. So uh, I can't start a chainsaw now, but uh, it, I mean, it's, it, it is a little, I mean, people It's funny cause people, and once again, sorry to keep comparing it, but people were, I remember, you know, Halloween, the new Halloween 40 years later. And they're like, Michael was 21 and you know, the original and he would be like 70 or whatever. And it's like, or the sixties, it's like, yeah, you know, but Michael's never been like, you know, he's not carrying a chainsaw and he's not a big brute guy. Uh, when we were watching it, actually, uh, one of the people watching it afterwards was like, you know, he's a big guy. His knees would be like totally fucked. Like ask any bigger guy in their fucking forties and they'll tell you their knees are, are not great. So, uh, he does have a little bit of a limp, but uh, you know, I think we just had to suspend our belief a little bit on, uh, you know, he's a slasher. Oh, for sure. For sure. It it just, uh, I, I was wanting more of, you know, him being old, much older and I, I was just expecting more. And so I was, I guess a little, a little disappointed when, when, uh, when I didn't get it. So, I mean, at least they don't just like jumble the timeline like they did in, in 3d. So, uh, <laughs> the uh for sure they 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 have this sort of showdown in the abandoned theater and he does something that i can't remember him really doing um before he does like an old uh switcheroo he he gets he starts his chainsaw and leaves it on the ground and, and tricks her to come look for it and then yeah. he's not there i was like oh he's learned some new tricks <laughs> that's awesome Wow. And that was a great location. Too. Yeah, very the creepy. Town, the whole set, I was like, the... "What?" I was like, "Why is this a? What is that big hole in the floor? What was that like? An old pool, or it looked like you know, it, was it supposed to be a theater, the or did us assume because it was the uh, the marquee that it was a theater? I think it was a hole in the floor that rain just filled in. Is how I took it. I mean, yeah. I know I'm questioning dumb things now, but uh, it, it's it's a set <laughs> that was made to have a cool, yeah. you know fight where they they both get taken down in the water uh she gets out and we assume you know i mean if you if you're a horror movie guy you know again resurrection but you know that uh leatherface is not going to just drown that would be a horrible ending to this movie but here i hear michael laughing what what do you got uh, yeah the the whole the whole scene where he tackles her in the pool and they go underwater and it's just like you know, like 10 seconds of just showing the, the surface of the water. And then this girl who maybe weighs a hundred pounds, you know, 
while she's in the in the water just pops up and there's no struggle there's no nothing it's just oh i got away i'm out of the water I, it just seemed way too convenient for me i, I just didn't understand it i imagine leatherface would sink pretty hard and i don't imagine he's been taking swimming lessons either Right. But that's but that's the thing, you know. How deep is this hole in the right. floor in the movie theater? I, I don't know. It just it it just seemed uh, too cheesy to me. And of course, um, after their struggle, and he jumps back out, and uh, Melody comes and saves the day. Uh, she gets the chainsaw, ends up uppercutting Leatherface with his in own. One of the most beautiful shots. Really cool. Movie. Yeah, really cool. It was cool. It's fucking beautiful. He, and he's he sort of shows like how big and monstrous he is. He sort of like like tilts back and falls into the water. Uh, and her face yeah. swinging up with that chainsaw. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. A true uppercut. Yeah. I, it, it is anybody else? Does anybody else think that Mark Burnham is probably the biggest guy that they've gotten to play Leatherface. I mean, he was massive. Yeah, he's a big boy. Might be. Very intimidating. And, or or if he's not, they they just did a great job of showing his his girth and just how massive he was. I don't know. He just Leatherface just seemed yeah. so much bigger in this one. Yeah. What's the guy who played him in the reboots? Bur he's uh Bern- Bernowski or I, yeah. something, yeah. The the weightlifter guy. Yeah, he he's more like a, the ripped Leatherface, like angry, bulky Leatherface. Where this guy is just like uh, not fat, just a big bone boy, like the original Leatherface, but bigger. Which I yeah. th- I think is a good portrayal of it. You know, uh, you think he's he's sitting comfortably in an orphanage for the last fifty years. Uh, must have been eating pretty good, eating that Texas barbecue. For sure. So, so we have our um, our next resurrection, I guess. They they sort of walk away thinking they're okay. Uh, resurrection number four. Yeah, and and I I was like, this can't be it. They're getting into like a Tesla. Yeah. And <laughs> autopilot. <laughs> yeah, let's go home. Let's go home and playing playing some cheery music. They're free. They're good to go. And of course, Leatherface is not fucking dead. He he uh, smashes the window, drags Melody out of the car, and oh. saws off her goddamn head as Leela is literally driven away on autopilot, watching, and is very much a 2022 yep. um, ending. You know, she she's watching, she's getting away from Leatherface as he's doing the dance. Uh, with the head, with the head, Woo! yeah, and uh, that was yeah. wonderful. It's so funny to th- like. The, what what would you what, like? It's some, almost like an SNL sketch where it's like, um, you know, what would Texas Chainsaw be now it, it, instead of the truck driving Sally away as she's going maniacal in the back? Um, oh, the autopilot Tesla would be driving away the the young girl as her sister's heads cut off. For sure. It's it's a sign of the times. It, it really was. Yeah. I still love the similarity to the. Oh, I love it. That's you know, a, that's a nice little fun Easter egg. I mean, not even really yeah. an Easter egg, but he does the dance, and I thought he did that pretty well. Oh fuck yeah! And uh, holding up that head, and then uh, we do get a post credit scene. Um, yeah. Very maybe think of Rambo when he was like at the end of uh, <laughs> the Rambo movie. He's walking back home, and yeah. I wanted like to see the house a little bit more. But uh, I was very curious how, you know, how far out the house is from where he was, how long, how long he's been walking to get back home. <laughs> um, but, you know, a nice nod. And, and yeah. I, I would hope that, you know, with the with so many people watching this, maybe Netflix is like, let's give him another one. 
God, I hope so. I think legendary, you know, they have the rights now and, uh, can see the value in, uh, yeah, let's put together more than two in a row. Yes. Do it. Yes. Yeah. It's been one of the most, you know, Oh no, I guess, you know, the, technically the first four are a franchise, but you know, they've never really connected great. Um, and then we had the reboot and the, the prequel, but we'll, we'll, let's take a quick break. Here from the Prescribed Film Podcast Network, we'll get into our rankings of the franchise a little bit, talk about that and, and some trivia, um, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, just like Leatherface, we are back. Now I I gave you guys a heads up. I want to hear where you where this one falls in the rankings of the franchise for you. And and this is interesting because you know I guess the the only real ones like Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street are the really and they have as a reboot. But it's like this one sort of you know jumps around a bit. So it's it's like <laughs> a lot of times apples to oranges. But um, nine films, nine films. Where do you put this one? Like where I guess uh, Jason, start from your favorite and and go down. I love eight of the nine films. I like all nine. Okay, so uh, the 74, it's the number one. Easy, classic answer. It's the greatest of all time. Um, Number two, I actually, I couldn't decide. It's tie. I have a tie for number two. It's already breaking rules. Um, But it's a tie between, and I never thought 3D was ever going to be competed against, but 3D and this one, 22. Oh, it falls right there below I, the original. I huh? love them both so much. And they're and, both and maybe it's, sequels to the original. Yeah, they're both, yeah. And and maybe it's recency bias, but this one, Jesus, it could easily be the second. Oh, God, I love both them. Um, And then part two, 86, part three, 90. And then the, then the, the what's his face? Platinum Dunes. Yeah. 2003 then the beginning um leatherface uh gets uh from 2017 it gets shit on a lot and i get why people don't like it but i still like it a lot and next generation finishes it off obviously i assume that's last on everybody's list that's ever made a list about texas chainsaw <laughs> Master. but I, I tell myself i probably should go back and watch it but i don't i've done that before too and it's just like i end up going sure the things that are cool are are cool but i just shake my head so much in that movie i don't i just don't understand it (laughs) by the end i'm like what who are the people in the car with the thing what's wrong with their chest what does that have i get and i'm just like ah fuck this movie so but i mean i like all the good stuff and the chainsaw all that but i'm just like what's fucking any of this mean anyway so that's that's i don't know it seems like a pretty obvious list but i'm excited to hear mikey's me too no your 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 description of next generation is exactly spot on (laughs) i i have gone back and rewatched next generation like two or three times thinking okay 
I, I know what's going to happen. Maybe I uh -huh. just didn't get it. And I sit uh -huh. there and watch it. And I'm just like, what in the fuck just, am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So my list, uh, you know, number one, the 74, uh, number two, part two, number three, part three. Um, then I, I actually, as much as I, it pains me to say, uh, I'll say platinum boon, dunes, number, uh, 2003, and then I'm going 2022, then I'm going the beginning, then 3d next generation and Leatherface is my, oh. is my ultimate dislike of the of the franchise so let it. me also it. say let me say i i own all of these movies too yeah and it's course. it's it's not like i it's i hate it so much right. that i'm not gonna ever right. you know watch it again but <laughs> leatherface is the one out of all of them i have not gone back and rewatched. i've i've seen it one time Same. and i was so Same. frustrated with it that i just haven't i haven't uh rewatched it but i remember watching it being like Oh, this is going to frustrate somebody. I <laughs> know. Yep. I, I get it. Uh, but yeah. I liked it. <laughs> my, so. my rankings are a little different. Um, no secret. I mentioned it earlier. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is my favorite of the franchise, but uh, I just love the fun zaniness of it. Uh, sure. Texas Chainsaw 74 is right up there with it. I, I guess if Jason can do ties, I would say it's, it's, it could be tied with a part two. I just love right. those back to back. Then I would say the Platinum Dunes remake 2003, followed by the beginning. Uh, I, I think those two are, are really fun and sort of, well, not fun. They're both fucking dark, dreary films, but uh, yeah. they, they have a good connection. They have a, a set, like a tone that goes together uh, for the first time. Maybe two of the movies in the franchise uh, feel you know connected, connected yeah somehow. and then i will say um after rewatching it this weekend in 3d uh, someone i did not like the first time i saw it in theaters texas chainsaw 3ds right there after the beginning uh but texas this one 22 is right there with 3d i think uh both of them are so low ted go gory tons of fun and then uh Tex leatherface texas chainsaw 3 is second to last in my rankings than Next Generation because I have not ever seen the prequel Leatherface and I probably should have watched it this weekend just so I could have it in my mm -hmm. rankings, but I'm almost afraid to watch it. No, you're it's Jason. Different. You're it's the only different. you're the only person I know that even it's has anything true. nice to say about it, and you love everything, so that doesn't fare well for it. <laughs> I I know my credibilities. Right. Not the greatest. Well, it's, I'm not saying awesome. that you know your taste is bad. It's just that you you are you are very positive. You find stuff you like in every movie. Guess so. what? There's guess what? There's stuff in every movie to like, especially even Leatherface from 2017. But I've never, you know, I I just. I remember being excited about it because I like the directors and, but yeah. I think oh uh, yeah I love the directors yeah and so They're I had amazing. high hopes and then I heard nothing but bad things so it's you know. just different takes a turn they get creative I'm in like Texas Chainsaw mode now so maybe I should uh, yeah you know it's Jason says they get creative and I'm sitting there going God they just got so lazy with this <laughs> <laughs> it's perspective guys all perspective. Yeah, a real, um, real, real prequel. I sent you guys a, the clip earlier when uh, oh, Leatherface yeah, was on that. the T Teen Choice Awards, uh, just jokingly asking if 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 this was canon. Um, but it it sort of shows again, like it's a part of the times where it's like, uh, it's like that movie was such a 
part of pop yeah. culture at the time that he literally won a a teen choice award and accepted it um i hated that he he went up and actually talked and stuff because like we had jason Voorhees on arsenio hall and he stayed oh, no. and kane hodder stayed in character and that was awesome um yeah have you seen this clip before michael i have seen that clip before and i i'm not a fan of it for multiple reasons but uh yeah it, the fact that he was talking just seemed silly um uh i wasn't a fan that uh he went up and slaughtered some guy uh, what's on his stage oh, randy in, jackson in front of a bunch of yeah that was my favorite part a... because them kids were freaking out <laughs> they were loving it like, I, they were a cool effect and it was like holy <laughs> shit there were there were minutes there where them kids were like was this real <laughs> they killed was randy jackson real? i know it was fucking <laughs> awesome i thought it was great oh shit Anyway, sorry, yeah, I just it. thought it was in. I just thought it was in poor taste. It, you know, when when yeah. when we're kids, when we're kids and we watch horror movies, we're expecting that. But these a lot of these kids are sitting there in in the crowd oh, yeah. and they're having a good time, and they're not. They're the they may not be emotionally that. ready for something of that no. nature, <laughs> and. And I don't know. I just, I just didn't think it was in good taste to do that. But they had him sitting uh, in the crowd with the, kids. I, I agree. Maybe it, it was the MTV Awards. It would have been. Oh yeah. It would have been. Uh, you know, yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah. more appropriate. But uh, this is. It wasn't this Nickelodeon. Yes. Nick, oh, yeah, Nickelodeon. <laughs> he had kids that are watching SpongeBob for Christ's sakes, oh. and they're watching this, and I, uh, all this. I guarantee yeah. one of them kids went to therapy because of that. I'm sure, <laughs> sure they <laughs> did. Awesome. I'm surprised it wasn't like I'm just discovering this today because you know everybody's got Texas Chainsaw on their mind. I think uh, I forget who uh, Dread Central or somebody shared that clip, and I was like, "What is this?" And I clicked on it, and uh, initially, I assumed it was either like the Fango uh, Chainsaw Awards or the uh, MTV Movie Awards. And I'm like, this is Teen Choice Awards? What in the world? Like, it's just wild to think like that you could that they just did that shit. You know, I don't think you could ever do that now. But uh, it what, doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was. That was bloody. Yeah. <laughs> they killed Randy Jackson. Um, this is a pretty, you know, this movie just came out Friday, so there's not a whole lot of trivia, but I'll go through, um, some of what I found on IMDb. And as I always tell people, take it with a grain of salt, cause it's not mm -hmm. always the most accurate, but, um, on August 24th, 2020, initial directors and brothers, Ryan Toehill and Andy Toehill split from the project, uh, during the film's first week of production in Bulgaria. The duo was replaced by David Blue Garcia, who's who scrapped and reshot the previous footage. So we had these brothers that were attached to this project and left after like a, a few days or a week or something. Uh, not always the uh, it used to be sort of like a death sentence when you heard about this is like, yeah, if something like this happens in pre-production or, or in production in this case, uh, bad news. But lately, you know, reshoots and that stuff doesn't always mean bad news. So. Yeah, to get all the way into production, though, even though it's a few days, it's like, oh, man, they must have really fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> or what? I mean, we don't know the story, but. Yeah. Man. Uh, those dailies must not have been good. No. Or they, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Producers I, like, I, uh. Maybe someday we'll hear more about it. Because. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, re of course, like I, I said, I've been on, on a Texas Chainsaw kick this week and uh, read into. um after rewatching 3d for the first time since theaters, I, I looked into uh, some interviews with uh, the writer 
who wrote Texas Chainsaw 3D and all the stuff that they changed, um, including putting a smartphone in. It was supposed to take place in the 90s, all this stuff. Uh, they added after the fact. And I'm like, man, I sort of wish I could see the version that he yeah. wrote, you know, but still a fun movie. But uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. You guys know that. You both are filmmakers. Uh, mm-hmm. There could be a million reasons why these guys left. It might not have been them. Mm-hmm. It, it might have totally. been them. You never know. So, um we got what we got, but um, the first Texas Chainsaw movie to feature the original's main character, Sally. Uh, however, in this film, yeah. she is played by Alwyn as the original actor, Marilyn Burns, tragically passed away in 2014. So um, we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, sad face. Yeah, sad. Yep. But, you know, we're getting to that stage where we're going to start losing a lot of actors and directors and already have. So, uh bummer but the film was initially slated for a theatrical release sometime in 2021 but all plans were scrapped due to a string of disastrous test screenings it was subsequently sold to netflix which i don't i don't know if that's a true one i heard that i mean obviously we live in a weird time where um the theater experience is very different Uh, movies studios just started selling off their stuff really quick because they know they're not making money at theaters yeah, and it depends on who you talk to about those test screenings. Because uh, Fetty Alvarez is basically saying the test screenings were fantastic; people loved it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like this one might not be; it might yeah. just be based on rumors. But I mean, everybody's selling. I mean, we've seen some really, really huge, big budget movies um, go straight to streaming now because a studio doesn't. They know they're probably not making their money back in theaters, so sell it outright, make your money back, um, and let Netflix do it. And like I said, I think if this went to theaters, it would have made a much smaller blip. You know, um, having it streaming yeah. has got that conversation going. For sure. Absolutely. You know, the, that that brings up, a, you know, something I, I posted on online just the other day is that, you know, I woke up the, uh, on Saturday and my Facebook feed was just, a blast of Texas chainsaw posts and whether they were good or bad or, or even neutral comments, I think it demonstrates that the fans have a incredible passion for this franchise and to its fan base, it still has value. So, uh, you know, I'll never shy away from a, a a new Texas chainsaw movie and the characters Mm -hmm. in the the Sawyer family. I'll always put my money down for those. So whether or not they're good, they're bad. Um, I say, you know, and and a lot of these haters online are saying, just, you know, don't put any more gas in this chainsaw. I'm like, fill it up, man. Give me more. Yeah. If you didn't like it, like, I've always hated, like, I didn't like this one, so stop making them. Like, well, don't you want them to make another one so they make one you like? I don't know. Like, (laughs) if you didn't like it, just move on to the next one, you know, or you go back to, yeah, or go back to the ones you do like, you know, and there's always going to be a fan base for all of them. There's someone out there who has next generation at the top of their list, you know? Oh, absolutely. There are. Yeah. And so, you know, right on to them. I'm glad that somebody liked it and, uh, you know, keep making them Leatherface, you know, will live forever. Hopefully they're making movies after we're gone too. So, um, initially during the development of Leatherface 2017, the producers had the film rights and intention to make five more Texas massacre films. In April 2015, producer producer Krista Campbell stated that the fate of the potential sequels would largely depend on the financial and critical reception of Leatherface. 
Um, by December 2017, mm-hmm. Lionsgate and Millennial Films had lost their film rights due to the amount of time it took to release Leatherface. And in August 2018, it was reported that Legendary Pictures had entered preliminary nego- negotiations to purchase the film rights with the studio intending to adapt television and film installments. So obviously they fumbled the ball. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but letting it slip by and losing the uh, rights, um, you know, obviously they didn't care en- enough. And I've, I don't know if they thought how they thought that sequel was going to be big enough to warrant five more films. Um, but we got this out so- of it. So, you haven't seen Leatherface. Perhaps that's a hint of another first-time podcast. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been on a record like I have. I'm almost. This would be episode eighty, and I haven't watched a movie I didn't like yet. Um, I don't know if I want to break that record. Oh, but... come on! <laughs> you know you like it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> The last one that I have on trivia was uh, Sally's barn and house seen during her introduction when she receives a phone call about Leatherface returning are sets from the production of Rambo Last Blood. So uh, they shot <laughs> that's this. A, that's yeah, amazing. Have you guys and seen you just Rambo? said earlier about Rambo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so sort of cool. You know, I didn't recognize him, obviously, but uh, I love the idea that like Sally's like a female Rambo, you know. For sure. Well, that's all I have for trivia. Did you guys have any final thoughts on this one before we uh, we dance off into the sunset with our chainsaws? Uh, I mean, I've got a lot to say, and I'm sure we would spend another hour debating it. So I'm not I'm not going to throw a bunch of at you, but uh, I I just thought that this new one we're missing a lot of elements of Texas Chainsaw Massacre films that are a requirement to being a Texas chain. One of those things that Jason already uh, had, had mentioned, you know, he was glad that there was no family involved with this one, but I think that's one of the elements that's all Texas. The original Texas chainsaw massacre was all about family, not just the Sawyer family, but the Hardesty family as well. And I think when you take that whole family element out of there, you're taking out a very important part of what made Texas chainsaw massacre successful. So why were you um, excited to be missing that, Jason? Just something different, or? Oh, I took it at. Oh, I fucking hate all the red herring shit. Um, and like, I guess to me, I was like, I saw it as Last Man Standing. Like, if there was family, you know, he, he, they're all dead, um, and gone, and I just, I, it's about my boy, not, not so much the barbecue, I guess. I don't know. I think that's what I like about two so much is uh, Chop Top and his his sort of um, crazy zaniness bouncing off of Leatherface. But I think it's a matter of personal preference, you know. Uh, I, I think if you just want to watch Leatherface go nuts and saw people, this and Chainsaw 3D, which has more of the family element, has actually a lot more family element to it. But um, you know, this is a, a very easy to digest, fun like saw him up you know chainsaw a true chainsaw massacre and if you want you know there's a little bit for everybody but um what other like main texas chainsaw elements did you feel were missing um you know the elements of of psychological horror and and insanity you know they also miss the fact that uh what made the original so great was just the the psychological horror uh that was involved in in 
not so much or in addition to it being a slasher you know the the torment the emotional chaos and the ability for the audience to relate to that terror um is just void in this one um you know the the original and the second and the third was all about mental illness and it wasn't necessarily about death you know we're so programmed to accept death that without the torment of those deaths i just didn't think that they're effective anymore um you cannot reason with somebody who's insane and that whole family being insane you know there's when when they have you in their clutches there's there's really a very minimal um uh, chance that you're going to get out of that because you just can't reason with crazy people right so and then the whole cannibalism uh, uh aspect was void you're you're taking away the family's motivation of what they're doing you know they're trying to survive they're trying to put food on the table by killing these people and this one is just eh, just go out and just slaughter a bunch of people for the hell of it i can definitely see that i mean we do get you know the leather face and i think he's moved on from that and he's doing this out of to defend his i don't know his orphanage his his you know adopted mother or whatever but um i mean the franchise has been more about that and i actually was reading again about uh texas chainsaw 3d and they had hired a writer and told him like we don't want any cannibalism in it he wrote a whole script obviously included cannibalism right and they just uh they just were like uh we asked you not to do that so you're fired um and, right. th- and then the whoever wrote the, the writer of texas chainsaw <laughs> the writer that replaced him ended up saying like this is like just part of it like we have to put this in here somehow. And, uh, you know, obviously we ended up with that and yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm just not a, uh, because I'm not a, 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 as big of a fan as you guys. So I just never really like, I didn't think about the fact that they were missing that, um, component in this film. Like, yeah, it just doesn't really apply to this story of it. You know, this moment in time, these couple days, I mean, I see the family stuff with the, with the, you know, old lady and 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 killing the people that killed her you know he's standing up for his family you know so it's kind of there but you know it just doesn't it's old man leatherface it didn't really what what sure. he's having for dinner didn't really apply i guess but and see in, in my mind with with him uh, you know going on this revenge killing spree uh, i i didn't think that that fit into the character of leatherface either because he's he requires family support you know he's he's a child's mind in a in a hulking man's body you know he's i don't feel like he's capable of complicated decisions and 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 seeking revenge i i, I think he's more reactionary and um it, it just didn't to me fit fit the 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 scope of who leatherface is but um that's that's just what i read into it we're also supposed to forget everything that happened between part two and now (laughs) yeah that's and that's really hard for me like i i have the same uh, (laughs) i have the same struggles with the halloween franchise where i'm like you know you already told us laurie's his his uh sister so i'm having a hard time forgetting that you know and right she's already killed in you know another movie and yeah yeah so at least with uh you know, Texas Chainsaw, like Sally hasn't been back, you know, three times to, to die multiple times and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> has that going for it. So I don't want to hear anyone, you know, complain that this, this franchise is so busted or whatever. You know, we have an opportunity I'll, I'll never, now. 
Yeah, I'll never complain about the franchise being busted. It, it's 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 all over the place. It's a mess. But you know, any horror franchise has got they. God damn it, they put Jason in space for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah, so going this so, long. Yeah. What do you guys want from now? You want a direct sequel to this, or do you want it again to have another like oh, you know Christ. standalone film? <laughs> I already got I just... a direct sequel. This is a second direct sequel. I I can still pissed that you told me this one was a direct sequel i'm like god damn it at this point it doesn't really matter i mean just just keep making it? texas chainsaw movies i'll keep watching them i think with uh i would just think i imagine there's just netflix is being hit with and maybe it's just because i'm in the horror community or whatever but it just feels like I, this is the it's first hard to imagine where this one's gonna go well it could go i mean leatherface you know? is still alive he's still in that small town yeah i don't know die you know it's over I think they're going to, you know, if they're going to do a sequel, it's got to be uh, maybe I want to see uh, Leatherface in the orphanage right now. Um, but you get you get that in 2017. We can get our, uh, you know, just another more dummies come to town. I don't know. I don't know where you go yeah. from here. No. So I'm not a writer. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll start writing it. I don't care. Yeah, Mike, get on it. You're the writer. Uh, I'm on it. Never mind. I'll take care of it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I had you guys on, like I said, uh, to talk about this one. I thank you for bringing your Texas Chainsaw expertise to the podcast. Uh, it sounds like I, I need to watch Leatherface so I can have a true ranking. I'm missing one, and uh, I, I share my shame with everybody. I have not seen it. I don't even know if I've seen a trailer. Um so my, my rankings can't truly count until I see all of them. But uh, again, thanks, guys, for coming on here. It was a good discussion on a much-discussed um, movie right now. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for having us. This of course. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't uh, do it without you two. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think of you two when uh, I think of Texas Chainsaw and couldn't do it without either of you. So again, I thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for having us, Tad. Of course. Jason, take care. Hey, you too, buddy. It's good talking to you again, man. Oh, yeah. Too long. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast.